And hello everyone and welcome to our program. This is Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones. And today we have a great program to prepare to you as we're going to be talking about the prophecy of the resurrection, a wonderful prophetic event. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to serve you, Lord, to, to really get into understanding your crucifixion and resurrection and uh, how integral it is to our salvation. We thank you for your great love and your precious name. Amen. Again, the topic of the resurrection is one that is fascinating, yet some believe that it was only a fantasy, a fable, that it wasn't true. Nathan, we know that the resurrection for believers has quite an impact and significance. And as a matter of fact, really, uh, this is something that has been talked about through the entire Bible. For those that really are looking for the truth, they can find it, right, Nathan? Yes, it's not hard to find the resurrection in the Bible. You just have to read the Gospels. Absolutely. And as we'll get a little today, uh, the, the prophecies that led up to the Gospels. Excellent. And Nathan, that's why, you know, when uh, people hear about the resurrection, it's hard to believe that someone that died actually rose from the dead. And yeah, it would be hard for me to believe, Nathan, if I saw someone die for a number of days and then all of a sudden come back to life. But yet the Bible speaks about that this was... There are actually numerous uh, examples in the Bible, right, Nathan, of, of people that have died and they were raised from the dead. Right. Now, I don't know if uh, in the last few years people would have a hard time with the resurrection as in the past. Uh, we seem to have zombie uh, mania going on in the media. Everybody's talking about rising from there. We're not talking about zombies. No. You know, that, that they're not dead, decaying corpses roaming around with right. That's right. He, uh, the, the widow of uh, Nain's uh, child, uh, also Jairus' daughter. And those are three of those that uh, God raised from the dead. Even Peter brought back a young girl from the dead. So, uh, yeah, the, it is a theme in the Bible. Uh, another example is when Christ was uh, crucified, and there's a big earthquake, and the dead rose and wandered right. around the streets of Jerusalem. And, and uh, you know, they weren't zombies again. They weren't decaying. They were in the Nathan, excellent point. You know, I'm so glad that you clarified that we're not talking about a zombie apocalypse invasion. This is... <laughs> and you're right, because there's a lot of being portrayed out there by Hollywood, but we're talking about real-life events that occur throughout the Bible. And, of course, we find even in the Old Testament, right, Nathan? There's a lot of references in the Old Testament concerning the resurrection. It's not just a New Testament uh, miracle. Well, no, it was a prophesied miracle. The Messiah obviously had to be uh, cut off as the prophecy went in Daniel, and uh, cut off meaning, of course, death. Uh, I'd say that probably the key prophecy, if you want to look at it, is the prophecy that uh, King David gave in Psalm 16.10, where he says, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Mm. And there he's talking about, uh, for you, God, will not abandon me, David, to Sheol, which is a holding place of the dead. Right. And nor will you capitalize your Holy One, in other words, the Son of God, to undergo decay. So Jesus' body 
would not decay. He would be resurrected in three days. Excellent. And Nathan, that's a very good uh, passage there in the Psalms because, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of years uh, uh, before the event, and yet the Bible prophesied and talked about these events. I mean, great details we find there. Jesus even brought it up when he told the people that they would get the sign of Jonah. In other words, Jonah was in the fish yes. or whatever it was, whale, for three days, uh, and it was like death, so Christ would be uh, in the darkness in the grave three days right. and then resurrected. You know, once you get to four days, that's when the body starts decomposing and starts stinking. I, right. When Lazarus was dead and Jesus waited two days before coming, he was already dead four days and the people were worried when he said, open up the tomb. They're like, oh Lord, it's, it's going to stink. He's decaying. Uh, you know, once you hit four days, that's when it starts going. But for Jesus, it was only three days. Excellent point, Nathan. And we find, again, this is incredible stories. Uh, and here we find, again, in the Psalms. And, of course, uh, just throughout the Bible, we see these amazing examples. I was also thinking, Nathan, when we look at the book of Genesis there, when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, and, and, and it was by faith, knowing, hey, that God will even resurrect him uh, from the dead in that same place where then Jesus will be crucified. Excellent point, excellent point. Yeah, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac for God's command. It must have been a terrible burden to follow that, but he was faithful, he obeyed God, and he thought, well, if he dies, then God will raise him from the dead. So he made a promise through Isaac, so obviously something's going to protect Isaac. Now, God didn't allow Abraham to go through with it, but he almost went through it. Remember, he stopped his hand before he was about to right. plunge the knife into Isaac. So he, he understood that God has the power to resurrect people from the dead. So that was a, a knowledge that was back thousands of years. Yeah, and that's why, Nathan, when we looked at so many examples and types in the Bible about uh, the, 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 what we're talking about, also, Nathan, you, uh, in the ministry there, you've written a lot of different articles uh, regarding the resurrection. Of course, we're approaching that time where we'll be talking about Resurrection Day, what many call Easter. And there's just a, a lot of wonderful uh, information out there also biblically so that individuals who really are looking and, and are looking for hope, if you will, would know where to find it. Because Nathan, that is our hope. The resurrection is what separates Christianity from every other religion around the world. Well said. I mean, Buddha didn't come back from the dead. Right. Muhammad didn't come back from the dead. Confucius didn't come back from the dead. Charles Darwin did not come back from the dead. None of these came back from the dead because they're just people. That's all. They're just people. You die, you're dead. But the Son of God raised himself from the dead. He beat death, and therefore he beat sin. And we have a truly risen Savior. Only Christianity can boast of that. Excellent point. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, you gave us some example from the Psalms. Any other parts in the Bible that I talk about uh, the resurrection? Well, I would say the biggest example is uh, Isaiah 53, where Jesus was in the synagogue and he was reading. He was reading, like, say, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. But then verse 8 says, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yes. And as for his generation who considered that he must cut off out of the land of the living, that was he died the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. And then verse 10, But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would just render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. So 
So if you're cut off and you're dead, you shouldn't then see your offspring or prolong your days. So clearly, there's a uh, uh, discussion about resurrection in Isaiah 53, and Jesus himself read Isaiah 53 up yes. to a point, and then stopped because those prophecies hadn't yet happened. You know, Nathan, that is a, that's a, an excellent point, and this is what we're finding here, is that the Bible is so covered with, with some incredible uh, uh, prophecies. And I mean, all these events, again, these are all part of prophetic events before uh, the event had actually occurred. Well, another amazing one is Psalm 22. You know, you know that when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Yes. Well, he was actually quoting a little bit of Psalm 22. I mean, he does that with the first verse as well. Oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, mm. uh, it's known in scripture, especially in Jewish studies, that instead of quoting an entire passage, you'd say a line or two, and then people would know that you were quoting a particular part of the Old Testament. That's right. So when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it is finished. He was referring back to Psalm 22, and it's possible that even the Gospels didn't record all of Psalm 22, uh, that Jesus was quoting Psalm 22. But Psalm 22 is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. Because it is, and from the beginning to end, a prophecy of the Messiah being crucified and then resurrected. Ooh, amazing. And, and Nathan, I love the details that we find uh, in the Bible. And, and that's why anyone that is looking for the truth will definitely find it. Because this is not some obscure thing, but it's so plain and simple for those that are looking for the truth. Oh yeah, yeah, it's in there. The, the, the capstone of God's redemptive plan was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be something that just would happen in the Bible without there being discussion of it well beforehand in the Old Testament right. and prophecy. And then during Jesus' ministry, he, he also prophesied his death many times. So it, it was a foregone conclusion that the Messiah had to die. And Daniel too would prophesy that the about the Messiah being cut off. And so That's right. the disciples were quite confused, weren't they? I mean, when Jesus was doing his ministry, they predicted his death, and they're like, but aren't you supposed to conquer the Romans <laughs> and set up your kingdom? They were getting the first and second coming mixed up. They were confused. They're, they understood there were prophecies about his death, but they kind of rejected them. And then when he died, they kind of didn't understand either, even though the prophecies concluded that he would be resurrected, they didn't quite believe it until it actually happened. Excellent point. And, and Nathan, that's why oftentimes, uh, as they were following Jesus, it's almost like they didn't want to believe it. They just uh, wanted the Lord to be with them. They wanted to sort of overthrow Rome. And yet, uh, they were uh, overlooking uh, all these prophecies of his death and then his resurrection. Oh yeah, well, like John 2, 19, for instance. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Right. Wow, the Jews, they went nuts. Remember, they thought he was talking about Herod's temple. They were yelling out during his crucifixion. You know, you, you said you're going to raise the temple in three days. Well, John 2.21 says he was speaking of the temple of his body. In other words, Excellent. the temple, the building, was just a foreshadowing of the true temple, which is Jesus Christ. And so, you know, John even said uh, in John 2.22, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, exactly. and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. So even it, it had to be after Jesus' resurrection before the apostles were like, oh, yeah. that's what Jesus was saying. <laughs>
Nathan, that's a great point because it's almost like sometimes someone is talking to us and we're not really paying attention or listening until something happens and then all of a sudden it gets our attention. Oh, that's what this person was talking about. Yeah, we start putting two to two together and realize it equals four and we finally understand the, the disciples, they didn't understand. You know, Jesus keeps talking about his death, but here as it says in John 2, 22, once it happened and he raised from dead, they were like, oh, now all of prophecy makes sense. As a matter of fact, even after Jesus resurrected and he was around for another uh, few week, uh, weeks, then he taught them, he went back and showed them so they understand the scriptures. It says that he opened up the mm-hmm. scriptures. So they, they finally understood. They've been learning it for two and a half, three years. But now, ah, now they finally understood what he was talking about. Excellent point, Nathan. And I really love that passage. When he resurrected, he made things clearer for them. Now they were able to put everything together. And I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. We're always learning and God revealing to us himself in so many different ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another a good example, John eleven twenty five. Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He who mm-hmm. believes in me shall live even if he dies. So in other words, he had to have died first to, and resurrected to provide resurrection for those who believe in him. Yeah. In other words, if you're saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you too will participate in a resurrection. The yeah. resurrection of the just, where Christians... We'll be resurrected from the dead. We will get our glorified bodies and we will live forever with Him. But if Jesus didn't die and was resurrected, then we can't be resurrected. Yeah, and Nathan, and again, I, I love it because the Bible is constantly talking about faith. Those that believe, if you believe. Because these are things, of course, that it is hard for us to believe. And this is why we need to exercise faith in what the Lord said was going to happen. Exactly. I, I mean, it's not like lying to us or anything. I, I guess some people worry and, and think that the Bible's lying to them. But Jesus didn't just say things. He then went and proved them. Exactly. And that proof is the foundation for our faith. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's why I believe that, you know, uh, not that I believe, but I know that that's why Christianity is a walk in faith. Because it's very easy for us to say something. Oh, yes, I am a believer. I am a Christian. But when the test truly comes, when things get difficult, when we're left with just faith and trust in God, that's where the rubber meets the road in a sense. And that's what happened to the disciples and the apostles while Jesus was with them. Yeah, we believe, we believe, and then suddenly he was gone. And we saw that they began to scatter yeah, yeah, they they didn't quite understand. But when he came back, matter of fact, remember, uh, you know, Mary was at the tomb, and yeah. the ladies, there's so many Marys. <laughs> the group of Marys were at the tomb, and they saw the angels, and they say that he's not here, he's risen. And, you know, one of them, uh, Mary Magdalene, I believe, runs back to the disciples who are hiding because they're scared of the Romans. And they're like, hey, you know, Jesus out of the, out of the grave. And, Peter's like, what? He runs, but John runs too. And they're asking him like, nah. Remember Thomas? Remember Thomas missed seeing uh, the first time that Jesus showed up and after his death. So that's why for 2,000 years we've been calling the poor guy Doubting Thomas. Because, yeah, he doubted. He didn't believe until Jesus said, hey, touch my hands, the holes in my hands, touch the hole in my side. But once he believes, he believes even to death because Thomas was martyred for his faith. Excellent point, Nathan. And, and that's what we're talking about. Once we've seen, and that's what the Bible says in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
you'll be my witnesses and, and all through Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And they were willing to be martyrs and really even die for their faith. Excellent point. Yes, exactly. You know, Nathan, and you were taking us through a lot of incredible passages there. Uh, you took us through the Old Testament, then you started taking us through the New Testament, through the, the Gospel of John. And, and we find even more scriptures, right, pointing to the resurrection. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the Bible's replenished, I'm sorry, there's a word resplendent with them. <laughs> Besides John 11, 25, uh, Jesus said again in Matthew 16, 20, said, from that time, Jesus, oh, the, the text says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things for the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Same with Mark 8, 31. It reiterates, and he, after three days, rise again. So there's a numerous times where Jesus had told his disciples mm -hmm. that he was going to die and then be raised up in three days. So Jesus himself prophesied it all throughout the gospel. Yeah, and not only that, Nathan, but also not just the gospel, but also the book of Acts, right? has many uh, areas in the book of Acts that it also talks about the, the resurrected Christ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have an example? Yeah, actually, I'm looking at Acts chapter 2, verse 25, also Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 22. And uh, again, just even in the, uh, the, the early on in the church, uh, the believers, that was their anchor in terms of their faith. In Acts uh, 2.25, uh, uh, he's also a prophecy uh, about, regarding David. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. And, and of course, of course, he's talking about there uh, uh, the Lord as he's going to be uh, resurrected. And also in Acts chapter uh, 13, verse 22. Uh, I have my actual, if you're faster than me, you can read it, Nathan. I'm sorry, I have my, uh, I don't have my digital Bible. So <laughs> if you hear pages. No, it's fine. Read along, man. I'll yeah. read along with you. Yeah, if you hear pages turning, that's because I don't have my digital Bible. But of course, uh, there, Acts uh, chapter 13, again, verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up uh, for them David as a king, to whom he also uh, gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. And, and we see just so many examples there. Like you mentioned, David also wrote uh, many of the Psalms and also wrote about the resurrection. So it's just all throughout the Bible. The First Corinthians, Nathan chapter 15, a whole passage uh, about the resurrection and the examples from nature and, and trees and getting a new body. And when Jesus Christ resurrected, he did indeed have a glorified body, a new body that was made for individuals like what we're going to have to live in heaven, not an earthly body. Right, right. Like Revelation 1, 17 through 18, we said, Do not be afraid, I am the first and last, last. the living one, and I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. I am alive forevermore. So here we have, in Revelation, you know, at the end of the Bible, the Apostle That's John, right. probably the youngest of the apostles, is now an old man. Uh, yeah. It's about 90 A.D., and he recognizes Jesus, although Jesus comes quite miraculously. I mean, he's got the white hair and glowing eyes, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's in full deified form, but when Jesus showed up to the apostles after his resurrection, they recognized him. They didn't have any trouble uh, recognizing him. His body, his new glorified divine body, 
was recognized. Matter of fact, Jesus did things that, that people would do. He he walked and he talked and he had yes. fellowship with them. He ate with them. He ate fish. I mean, thank goodness. If, if he's the model of the body that we're going to have, we get to eat. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, he can also do other amazing things. He can. Jesus would just, you know, pop into a room and scare the heck out of the disciples there. Or how he ascended to heaven. You know, he flew. He, he, he left. So maybe, you know, if if our glorified bodies, which we'll get one day when we're resurrected, or, or the template was Jesus, then we'll recognize each other. You know, we'll be clothed. Uh, we'll probably be a lot younger. We'll be immortal. Yes. Uh, we'll get to eat. We'll, we'll do a lot of the activities that our current earthly decaying bodies do. But maybe we'll do more, you know. Uh, if we have a perfect body, just think. Uh, awesome. the, the sight we'll have, you know, if our bodies are 100%, then maybe we'll see into spectrums we can't see, or maybe we'll Excellent smell point. things that our noses aren't, like, you know, like a dog nose, maybe we'll have that kind of sensitivity or taste. Maybe we'll taste color, maybe colors have taste that we don't know no, yet, we don't know. but we know. No, but these decay, fallen forms that get sick and die, all our senses are, are limited, but in our eternal bodies, man, they'll be glorious. Ooh, I love that. And Nathan, you made a very good point. We don't know. All we know is that this body that we're going to have, the glorified body, is going to be uh, amazing for all eternity. And all the different discoveries that uh, are going to be made in heaven. I mean, right now, we're still discovering things, uh, Nathan, new things. And, and this is with our finite minds that we have. Imagine when we have our glorified body where our brain will be able to function at a hundred percent. I mean, they say that some that, that now we only use maybe ten percent of our brain. I think I only use like three, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Think of that. We have eternity, right? And now, some people they kind of say, well, you know, we get to heaven, we'll know everything. No, only God is all knowing. That's right. So when we go to heaven, you know, we'll have all eternity to learn and grow. Maybe in ten thousand years, I'll have. The equivalent of 10 PhDs and be able to play any kind of instrument and, and whatever you, the giftedness yeah. that the Lord gave you, you'll be able to use in heaven and, and, and continue to mature and grow and, and learn and, and it's just beyond what these earthly bodies are capable of doing. Absolutely. Excellent point, Nathan. And again, uh, we're talking about the topic of the resurrection uh, as we've been looking through many scriptures in the Bible to validate this fact, this prophecy that did indeed take place. We talked about Psalm 1610, Acts uh, uh, 13, Acts chapter 2, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, John, chap John chapter... I mean, uh, Nathan, it just goes on and on and on, right? The wonderful references about the resurrection. It does, man. It does. And we have to be resurrected because, you know what? Humans can't see God. In fact, remember Moses yes. wished God to pass before him? God's like, eh, you know, it's not going to work. You're going to die. And he said, well, what about your back? And I don't know how that worked or not, but <laughs> we humans can't gaze upon the face of God. Yeah. It'd be like looking into a nuclear reactor. It would just melt us, man. And so we need those glorified bodies that have the ability, the power, the strength to be able to stand before the Father. We can't stand before the Father unless we've accepted the blood of Jesus Christ mm. to cleanse us of our sins, to take away our guilt, so that the holy and pure and perfect God can have us who are impure made perfect wow. stand before Him. What an excellent point, Nathan. And of course, maybe there's someone out there who really is dead 
uh, in their trespasses and sin. And uh, maybe you might feel like there is no hope for you. Well, we do want to share with you that there's good news. God can resurrect you, your spirit, your life, and He can give you a brand new life. And all the things that we're talking about here, you can experience that when we meet the Lord uh, in the air. And Nathan, and for that individual that right now is, is in, it, with distance of our voice that doesn't have a relationship with God, would you be able to share with them how they can start their relationship with the Lord even right now from wherever they are and, and experience this resurrection that we're talking about? Well, believe in what Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ said he was the Son of God and that he was the only way to God. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. So there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And believe that he died on the cross, and he was resurrected from the dead. Mm -hmm. As the Bible prophesied, as Jesus prophesied, it actually historically happened, and which afterwards were testified by more than 500 mm -hmm. people as witnesses. The Bible is true, and it's the real deal. We can trust what it says and put our faith and trust in it. So yeah. once you believe, then pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins mm -hmm. and be my Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Jesus promised to do just that. He will forgive you of your sins. You'll be cleansed of your guilt. And then you can walk the rest of your life growing in Christ and knowing that one day you will get a resurrected body yeah. and you will live forever with him in heaven. Woo, amazing, Nathan, that is good news. And for those of you that have trusted Christ, listen, that is good news. That's why we are so excited as we talk about the resurrection, because this is something that will take place. We are going to be transformed. We're going to be with the Lord forever. Jesus died and rose from the dead. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians to be the first fruit to leave that example for us. Nathan, I'm not sure if you happen to have maybe your Bible, digital Bible, or your regular Bible in front of you, but I thought, why not close by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 51 as we read verses 51 through 58? Because that is our hope there. When the rapture occurs, when we're taken up to heaven, we're going to experience a change and a transformation. And I thought, Nate, maybe we can leave uh, individuals that are, that are part of this program with these wonderful scriptures uh, that we can go reading through them so they can see the hope and why we're so joyful today. Well, 1 Corinthians 15 is one of the major passages about the rapture of the church, the, yes. where God will take us up to heaven to transform our bodies and resurrect us if we're already dead and give us those glorified bodies. Uh, verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15 reads, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has been put on corrupt incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sin... Sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, yes. who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, isn't that awesome? Nathan, I love that passage. Again, we're going to be changed, transformed, and the Bible says, in the moment, in a twinkle of an eye. I can't wait for that day to come, right, Nathan? <laughs> I agree, man. I'm looking forward to getting past this messed up. <laughs> evil earth and can get on to our real life. You know, yeah. the history, human history is about 6,000 years and there'll be another thousand the millennial kingdom and then some years 
Now then, that is just a blip on the radar of living yeah. millions and billions and trillions of years with, with Jesus up in heaven. That's the life we were made for, and I'm anxious to get to that life. Praise the Lord, Nathan. That is amazing. And I want to thank you, Nathan, for opening us up these incredible scriptures and encouraging our listeners. And of course, our time is uh, gone for this segment of the program. But yeah, the resurrection, Nathan, it's amazing. It is. It is the foundation of the Christian faith. Without it, there would be no Christianity. Absolutely. So again, we want to encourage you to continue to spend time in the gospel, spend time in the word of God, especially now as we're going to celebrate such an incredible time uh, of the year. So Nathan Jones, I want to thank you so much for being part of this segment of the program. I hope you have an incredible week. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. No problem. And of course, for those of you that have been tuned into the program, we've come to the end of this segment. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back very soon. And soon we're going to be transformed. Have a great day.